What's going on, folks? Welcome to the Upright Health Podcast. This is Matthew, your host today. And in today's podcast, I get to talk with Matt Shu, the founder of Upright Health. And in this conversation, we talk about exercise. What is it? Why should you be doing it? Is exercise potentially dangerous for you if done poorly? And potentially, most importantly, at least from my perspective, is your body, everybody, yes, you, capable of vastly more than you perceive it to be capable of? Our answers are coming. Listen in. Let us know what you think. So, Mr. Shu, how would you define exercise if you had to do so? Um, exercise, I, I guess, is moving with some kind of uh, purpose or you know practice, right? It's some sort of movement that you do um, with a certain goal in mind. Okay. Yeah. Do you feel like that is the way that most people would define exercise um, subjectively and like, you know, most people's connotation of exercise? Mm, I doubt it. That's a great question. I doubt it. I think um, people probably think of exercise as a thing you do because that's what you're supposed to do. And, um, and they want to sweat. That seems to be the general consensus on yeah, exercise. Yeah. My, my experience with people when they refer to exercise is that they think that they need to be exercising to accommodate or to almost punish themselves mm -hmm. for various different things. Like I ate too much, so I need to exercise yep. or I'm overweight, so I need to exercise, um, which is not a very healthy approach to approach anything. Um, in, in my experience. Now, would you classify someone who talks about movement differently than someone who talks about exercise? Or do those two words mean something different to you? Um, I guess they do have different connotations in my mind, but I mean, at a certain point, I'm not sure how important that distinction is just because frankly, I I just prefer that people were moving or exercise, like whatever word <laughs> works mm -hmm. to make you actually engage your muscles and engage your body to do stuff, mm -hmm. I think is fine. Right? Mm -hmm. If you want to call it exercise, call it exercise. Movement, I think for the average person who doesn't live in the... Um, in in the world of a trainer or who like is constantly engaged in the idea of different exercises i think movement is such a general idea that mm -hmm. most people would think well if i'm moving from point a to point b then i am doing movement is that enough and, and i think maybe that the idea of exercise um you know if we're thinking of exercise as practice is more is different than just getting from point A to point B. Right. No. I'm actually, I'm really glad you used the word practice. Um, it seems to me that when people think of exercise, part of, part of where we run into some, some issues as individuals who are exercising is that we're just trying to go through the motions. And in my experience, at least, anytime we're just trying to go through the motions to do what we think we need to do, 
a lot of times we tend to turn our minds off and just to go through whatever mo motion we think we're supposed to go through. Right. It seems to me, and I'm interested to hear your perspective on this, that the key to having any kind of a meaningful exercise practice is to bring mindful awareness to the, what your body is doing and how it's affecting you. Um, how would you, how would you kind of coach someone on approaching any exercise uh, as a way to really get in touch with their body and to, well, I'll use the term love their body as opposed to hate their body and mm -hmm. try to exercise away something that they deem to be bad. How would I coach them to start doing that? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, just do it. <laughs> just do it. <laughs> um, I, I think, um, you know, one of the things is when you are doing exercise um, is that you actually have to pay attention to, you know, on the, f on the most basic level for most people is uh, making sure that the form approximates what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, so if you are able to maintain the correct positioning of all your body parts as you do whatever this exercise is, it's probably the, f I, I would say is the first thing to be thinking about. And from there it goes into how does it actually feel? So I think most people are generally taught from a very early age, age to not feel their bodies i mean you just sit in the chair and shut up and write down what's on the paper or whatever right take your tests write down what's on the board da, 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 da. so you ignore your body you're trained to ignore your body you do that until you graduate from high school or college and or grad school and then when you start to go into like the world of exercise and you want to move correctly you can't feel what's going on so for a lot of people you need to see it first get in front of a mirror, make sure your form is on, and then start paying attention to um, whether or not uh, it feels like the correct muscles are doing the thing that they're supposed to do, and whether it, things are feeling even and smooth and natural. And I, I think when people are getting into exercise, that's actually a it's a huge thing to miss. Like you said, like people are not paying attention, they're going as hard as they can, People get get a sweat on and get you know try to batter their bodies because they just don't want to listen to their body. They just want to make it this massive, awesome, muscular thing without paying any attention to um, you know how it feels until your body tells you this is not good and then you feel pain. <laughs> Which usually means that you're broken to some degree <laughs> or another. Yeah, you uh, feel so broken. You're your abilities shrink, right? You're no longer able to do these things. So, so when you think of someone kind of starting their journey, um, or maybe not even starting their journey, but uh, reframing their journey to want to have a more balanced approach towards exercise and moving their body in ways that are health-promoting um, rather than injury-promoting, and you're talking about learning your uh, your positions. So the positions that your body should be in or shouldn't be in. What's what's a good position? What's a bad position? Mm -hmm. um, where would you coach someone to start in regards to that? In regards to like figuring out their own anatomy and structure and knowing where their body should 
move in, what positions your body should move into or should not move into oh um so i actually operate from the belief that if there's a movement that you see somebody else is able to do then you should simply assume that your body can also do that um that's actually fairly difficult i think for most people to uh, accept so i i you know, in our workshops, I've told people, look, look at the gymnasts, look at the acrobats, assume that what they can do is normal, and what you can do is just a percentage of normal. So, you know, you look at somebody who can do something really cool, and then figure out why you can't, right? Yeah. And just work towards that. Now, for the average person working in an office environment who doesn't really have much experience with um, exercise and movement, then I would say start with something basic like a hip hinge, right? Start with learning how to bow, pretend you're Japanese and, and pretend that you need to bow all the time and figure out how to bow and keep your spine straight, make your hips move just in that one plane of motion. That's a huge, that, that alone is a huge benefit for most people who have completely, at least in the Western, you know, industrialized technological technology-driven world um, have forgotten. So um, I think just working something like that would be a huge, huge benefit for most people. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I think uh, one of the things that I I've been playing with in my practice and with my clients is in learning how to put the body into different shapes through through moving the body without using any any kind of implement. So like actually creating the muscular tension that allows a shape to come into being. And when I say that, the way that I've been approaching it is as a method to bring the attention inside. Because hmm. we see these things that other people can do. And I think for a lot of people, we're very disconnected from our physiology and we're disconnected from, as you said, what, what is actually possible Right. inside of a human body for any human body and you know like these gymnasts are doing things that seem extraordinary impossible impossible <laughs> to the person who's never started working towards them but as you start to work towards them in baby steps at first you start to realize oh well my my body is capable of doing that it's just going to take some work to be able to free up the range of motion yeah. um so a lot of what, what, what we've talked about so far is kind of hinges on this idea that people are not connected to their bodies and not connected to their movements. And I'm curious from your perspective, if there's, if there's like a, a concept that you employ to help to bring people to the awareness that they're disconnected from their body and their movement. Um, I think with people that we work with, I, I don't know that we have like a, you know, specific technique that we would name or anything, but mm -hmm. I, I think what what most people who work with us notice is how often we're asking them to tell us what they feel. Mm -hmm. um, so, I mean, literally every session it's, you know, we're, especially if it's somebody who, who's, you know, in pain and has a lack of experience understanding how to interpret their body's signals we are constantly constantly asking 
what do you feel? How does it feel? Be more specific, right? So a lot of times people will start off at the general level of like, oh, it hurts. And then we want to know, well, what kind of hurt? Is that something pinching? Is that something burning? Is that something getting fatigued? What's the location of that sensation? Is, it, is that right on the side of your hip? Is that in your low back? Does that go higher? Is it on one side? Is it on this side, that side, up, down? Like, it's interesting actually to see a lot of times people will go, uh, uh, and they have to take five to 10 seconds to even figure out what it is, right? Yeah. Um, they just start off with, my hip hurts. Well, where? Well, um, uh, it's kind of towards the back here, right? So, but until you ask that question, it's just general, like, my joint is falling to pieces and I'm scared and I don't know what to do here. But if you can just start with, well, where is it, right? And how bad does it hurt? Does it hurt that bad? What, what kind of information are you getting? And over time, you start to develop a refined sense of what those signals mean. So I know for me, personally, I mean, I used to have pain in so many places. Um, but it was all, like, there. there's different flavors of pain, and they ex they explain what you need if you're paying attention and if you have enough experience listening to those kinds of discomfort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, one of the things that I like to to start with with anybody that I'm working with is to differentiate discomfort and pain. Right. And you know, not that there's a purely objective way to experience either one. Like all of that's going to be very independent or very dependent upon any given individual. Um, but that that sharp feeling, like the sensation of wanting to run away from a given stimulus that is not voluntary, it's, you know, your body automatically wants to back off of that position, is something that I would quantify as painful, yeah. as opposed to like the burning is like, well, if it's burning, like, that's more uncomfortable than painful. Right. Like right. it's not causing that fight or flight response immediately. Um, but one of the things that I was, was thinking about as you were saying what you just said, is this idea that our bodies have within it all of the sensory data that we need to know if right. a given shape is a good shape for us at or the moment. a yeah. bad shape for us at the moment, yeah. right? And that yeah. does change over time yeah. in both directions. Yeah. But the first step is let's get in touch with our body's stimulus to be able to know what's what. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you think about reasons people begin exercising you know we we talked about a little bit about the idea of you know loving yourself versus hating yourself mm -hmm. and you know loving your body versus hating your body you know both of those are very strong words you could say like dislike um when you when you work with people do you find that that's a big a big thing to focus on as people get started is the uh, changing the conversation internally to let's work because we want to feel better. Um, I, in some ways, yes. In some ways, no. I, I feel like, um, especially when you're when you're suffering with a bunch of pain. Um, from personal experience, I mean, th this is all based on my my own personal experience of lots of chronic pain and then seeing how it works with a lot of 
um, clients. I feel like when you're stuck in that mode of everything hurts, the discussion about love your body is uh, way too abstract um, and is just sort of annoying. It's just a nuisance at that point because really what you want is relief. Um, but I think in learning to listen to your body, you are starting the process of understanding like, okay, I, I'm actually going to take care of this thing because ultimately that is what it's about. Like the, the pain is not some random, you know, bacterial infection, unless it is, <laughs> it usually is not, but it's the pain is there to give you a signal that you need to do something different than what you currently do to maintain the body that you have or to make that body work better, right? Because whatever you're doing now isn't doing it. Yeah. The, uh, the idea that pops up for me as you say that is the idea of respecting your body. Yeah. I feel like a lot of us in definitely bringing this back to my own personal experience as well is like when I, when I really got into working out and exercising, I didn't do so because I respected my body. I did so because I didn't respect my body. Right. You want your body to look a certain way and you want it to do, you know, really it's, I feel like more and more, the more honest I am about it, it's you want your body, to, I wanted my body to look a certain way. Yep. Yep. Um, and, and whatever it takes to do that. So then you start seeing images of guys who have managed to do, you know, they lift up however many hundreds of pounds and they look, they look this way. So you're like, okay, I'm going to do that. And, and then stuff doesn't feel good. Right. right. <laughs> right. So, and what's interesting is what I've found at least anecdotally with myself and with a good number of my clients is the more that we focus on returning kind of a functional movement to the body and all the different shapes, actually the better the body looks. Yeah. Yep. And, yep. and the better the body feels. So through respecting what the body is capable of and, you know, wants to be able to do, we're able to achieve the goals that maybe started this out in what could have been a, a less healthy format. Yeah. 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 For sure. When you're thinking about movement and exercise in regards to the busy, busy lives that most people are living. Um, I think one of the, the most common things that I hear from people is that they don't have enough time to exercise. Yeah. Join the club. Yeah, right. <laughs> so at, as a business owner and father of a very fresh child, how, how do mm -hmm. you approach that? Um, I wait until he's asleep. <laughs> uh, so let's see. I work it in. I, I will use my baby as a weight. Um, when he's asleep, I will find ways to exercise. I have set aside things in the living room. So I have, um, you know, I have bands that I can use. I have a, a mat that I can use on the floor or I'll just exercise straight on the floor. Um, I do a lot of things that are just body, w just body weight so that the equipment requirements are very low because it's just, that's just more setup time. Um, I work in a gym so <laughs> that that's helpful but honestly since the since connor was born uh i have probably only worked out like a handful of times really in the gym because i usually want to get back home and you know just stare at him 
So, <laughs> um, uh, so at home, you know, I have a pull-up bar in my garage. I've got some random little weights that I can use. Um, I just carve out the time, and I know, like, hey, if he's asleep or I'm going to have feeding duty later, then I just try to set aside um, a space for myself to get in the exercise that I need to do. And and to me, at, it, at this point in my life, it's not like an optional thing. It's because my body will tell me if it starts to be uncomfortable. I already know what that means. That doesn't mean I need to go lie down. It means I probably have been sitting on my butt too much and I need to go move and I need to go exercise. I need to do something so my body gets the food, the, the movement food that it needs. Yeah. So. Yeah. I've been saying for years that the that I will never be able to stop working out because all of the old sports injuries will come back oh, and sure, I yeah. will just be <laughs> debilitated if I, if I ever stop. Yep. Um, yep. So I know that you work with a fair amount of busy professionals. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to someone who maybe, maybe is working you know, 10, 12 hour days and finds it difficult to carve out an hour? How would you approach coaching someone like that on building some movement in uh it's like 15 minutes in the morning 15 minutes in the evening find little chunks to do it Mm -hmm. do it at lunch i mean somebody who's doing 10 to 12 hours a day um needs to really work to schedule in that exercise time yeah Uh, and I, and I would say they should reassess what they're doing. <laughs> um. <laughs> I don't disagree. So the, uh, I believe it was Katie Bowman uses the term uh, chunking. She mm-hmm. tries to build movement into what she's doing on a given day. Nice. Yeah. Um, which is something that makes a lot of sense to me personally. Also with you know my, my daughter's now two and a half and I'm at the stage now where my time with her can actually double as movement time. Right. I just go crawl around and she gets on my back and we Mm -hmm. climb up play structures. And that's a great way to get some natural movement in while also achieving, you know, which is definitely my biggest goal is just spending time with her. Yeah. I think, I I think it's funny because I, I hear parents say like, Oh, I've got kids. Like, Oh, just wait until you have kids. Just wait until you have kids. You know, you won't have any time to exercise, but I mean, <laughs> just like what you said, I find like having a, having a moving weight kind of actually can make it easier. And also like I've taken like a nephew and a niece, um, and other little kids out to the playground and it's like perfect workout time. I can have one hanging on me. I can have my baby strapped to my chest. I can do the monkey bars. I can do some pull-ups while I've got them strapped to me. I can jump around. Like there's so much you can do with your kids and I think it's unfortunate that a lot of adults a lot of parents just feel like you go to the playground and then you just let the kid move and you sit there on your phone I feel like the parents should be also playing on the playground you don't even have to be playing with your kid you can be just playing (laughs) on the playground Um, you know to that point too and it's a little off topic from like the exercise aspect of things but just from a connecting with the children mm -hmm, like if you get in and play with the kids the kids connect with you in a different way that in my experience is more meaningful and you get to model that, Hey, don't ever stop playing. Yeah. Like I can play, keep going. Yeah. 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 Mr. Shu, do you have anything that you'd like to add in to finish up? Exercise. 
Um, to f- yeah, actually, there there you go. Exercise. Period. Period. You should do it. Or move. Period. <laughs> you should do it. I, I think the, the big takeaway is um, your body needs to be used in a certain way. And in order for it to do the things you want it to do, you need to practice. And if you don't practice moving your body, you will not be able to move it in the ways that you want. So go do that. Exercise. Period. Thank you for tuning in to the Upright Health Podcast. I appreciate your time, and I hope that you got something out of this conversation on exercise. If you're interested in learning more about exercise, getting some tools and tips from expert coaches, check out uprighthealth.com forward slash DIY for a huge variety of do-it-yourself programs available on our website. Also, check out the show notes for some other helpful links to videos as well as the link to those DIY programs. Again, I appreciate your time. And remember, pain sucks. Life shouldn't.